Lance. Yes, Tug. Pretty hot. It is hot. It's almost as hot as the day that we answered the call and there was a butthole fly crawling around. Do you remember that? No, no butthole fly, dude. It's that's too much. What? Someday we'll talk about the butthole fly, but uh, it's been too long. It's been a long day. I can't deal with it right now. You're listening to The Tactical Big Top with ringleader Lance Abernathy, a former LEO and founder and chief designer at Sniper Bladeworks. Join Lance, Jag and The Sideshow as we take a look at life from a tactical perspective. Check out the knives and gear at sniperbladeworks.com and on IG, YouTube, and the Facebook. I'm Lance, he's Jag. Welcome to the circus. On this uh, steamy, hot version of the tactical big top, we've again retreated to the cool confines of the grind room. It's fucking hot in there. It's brutal. It is, uh, I'm a soggy mess. Although we have made some progress on a few things, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll uh, have some in-process on the bench-type picks coming out. We have uh, are going to chat with our boy Kevin down at Riker Arms in Wichita. We had a nice uh, chat with him when we were in last week, and he pops in to join us. And we might even... Either bonus story time or Timmy might provide the story time for this week, which was excellent. Yeah. In a conversation at Chapels. That may become a weekly occurrence. We'll see. It was quite organic. That was awesome. Yeah, we might just do the whole thing from there. Hell, I might start drinking again. You never know. (laughs) Todd is nursing back a wild turkey. How is the wild turkey today, Todd? Fantastic. I, uh... I would rather have something more um, upscale, but when you can't, upscale. when you can't get the upscale whiskey, turkey works in a pinch. Right, because you've become a sophisticant. I have. I get it. Speaking with Kevin from Riker Arms down in Wichita. Kevin, hello. How are you doing today? Hello, sir. Good. How are you doing? We appreciate you taking some time to chat with us. We uh, stopped in and saw Kevin last week, and he's got a neat setup down there. They laser engrave. They uh, have a pretty nice selection of firearms. Tell us a little bit about your store and, and kind of what you guys do. Oh, well, um, so the store was always an engraving shop. Um, I bought it when I got out of the Army back in 2004 because I wanted to run my own show and uh, did just engraving and awards and stuff like that for a long time. And then um, kind of, I was always a gun guy because I was an Army guy. So um, I went to the Barrett Long Range One course and they kind of, the instructors were 
Ray Sanchez from uh, Thunder Beast Arms was one of the instructors. He's like, hey, what do you do? I was like, I own my own business. He's like, well, you're a gun guy. You own your own business. You got a commercial address, right? I said, yeah. Why don't you get an FFL and sell our products? And I was like, ah, I don't know. And then I ended up doing that, and here I am. Yeah, when was that, roughly? That would, that would have been, golly, that would have been, I went to that course in 2011, so I started, the, I got the FFL approved in 2012. Okay, so 10 years-ish? Yeah. What'd you do in the Army? I flew the OH-58 Delta Kiowa Warrior. Uh, Todd is nodding yes because he's he is uh, Marine Corps and Army. For us, just cops. Tell us what that is. Uh, that's that's a that's a scout that was the army's reconnaissance helicopter. Um, so we would go out and find the guys, find the bad guys, and report back. Although that basically turned into cast for the uh, infantry too. It just it depends. We do route reconnaissance, zone reconnaissance, area reconnaissance. Right, but uh, if, just snooping and pooping. But if I'm hearing you correctly, you can fly a helicopter. Is what you're telling me. Well, I used to be able to. I haven't done it for 18 years, but yes. Okay, that is awesome. But, but In Kevin, it's, it's like riding a bike, right? That's what they tell me. All right, so, I haven't got uh, to prove that yet. We may test this theory. Um, <laughs> I, I, I see a Sniper Blade Works branded chopper flight coming. Oh, really? No, probably not. No, not, <laughs> Lance is... Well, there used to be hogs and guns involved, and then you've got, you know, a grand... I'm all about coming. I'm all about shooting the piggies from the copter. Matt, I would do <laughs> Me that. Me too. I'm not I'm not a big flyer, but we'll get into that another time. Yeah, our uh, so we we rent space from the Yates people here in Northtown, and they have a big electrical company. Um, but our guy that that runs it was a chopper pilot, and then he either ran the base or ran the air wing portion of it up in Alaska. Yeah, he flew Blackhawks. Troy Yates. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. Um, so, have you liked it? So, once you got the FFL, have you enjoyed that, the gun side of things? I have. It's more more my passion or something I definitely understand better. Um, I'm just, uh, a lot of people expect engravers to be artists, and I am not. I'm just a machine operator, so, um, but guns I've always understood, so it's just, it's a little easier for me. Yeah, we understand that. We always tell people that we're not knife makers, we're just SWAT guys, knuckle draggers. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. about true. <laughs> uh, I'm the same. Every... It's easier to pull something off the shelf than to customize it, too, so. Yeah. Every once in a while, we have an artistic flair, or maybe it's autistic, we're not sure. <laughs> so... Usually happens in a fit of a whiskey bender. There, is, there you go. There is that. Um, and Kevin carries some of our knives and, and some others. Other than knives and guns, do you, what, do you guys sell other tactical stuff? Um, so mainly just uh, firearms hardware. I mean, you know, magazines and suppressors. And oh, you do? Stuff that goes I, with I that. guess I saw the silencer shop kiosk down there. I forgot about that. That's true too. Yeah, my biggest problem is a one man show, so adding more stuff just continues to be a very burdensome event. Right. It's hard for me to keep up with all of it, but anyway, do what I can. Nice. Um, how much, like if you did a split, 
just off the top of your head, how much do you do guns versus engraving, or how busy does the engraving side keep you? Oh, it'd be 85% guns right now, at least. Okay, nice. Now, do you do engraving for the, uh, like when you, the short barrel rifle stuff? I know sometimes they have to do that. I do, I don't do, my machines are bigger, so I'm more commercially focused on engraving, so there are better engraving equipment out there for doing the finite stuff like guys want it like inside the magwell or some crazy place like that i i don't do that i just do the base along along the side of the magwell or up by the hammer and trigger pins and just the sbr stuff but yes i do i do a lot of that okay this is back to the army but this has intrigued me now were you able to fly or did you want to fly before you went into the army i mean was that your goal or how did how did you end up I had no real intention of going to the Army. Um, I was a 4-H kid, so I showed cattle and sheep and stuff like that my whole growing up. And uh, one of the dads in my 4-H club was a National Guard recruiter. And he said, hey, you're going to K-State. I could get you some money. Be a great deal for you for a scholarship. I know I could get you one, and all you got to do is join the Guard. But if you, you know, if it doesn't interest you, don't bother. But anyway, I did that. And I, so I joined the ROTC program because I was part of the deal, and uh, I enjoyed it. I was good at it, and it kind of went with things that I like to do. So, And then I decided, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to pursue this all the way. I want to do something I can't do, so I want aviation. So at that point, once I made that decision, then I got a federal scholarship, got rid of the Nasty Guard scholarship, I got a federal scholarship, and then I was like, I got to fix my grades because they're terrible because I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I did, and then they said, y'all, you'll never get aviation. It's only 10% of the people who go through ROTC get aviation. But I found a way, and I, I made it. So That's nice. awesome. Broke away from the nasty girls. Yeah, got away from the nasty girls, although it was a good time. We had, I had a good time with nasty girls, but they are nasty girls. So Yeah. All right. Well, that, that is really interesting. I, I think that's super cool. Um, do you have any interest in flying again? Would you pick it back up? or? I would love to. I'd love to have my own bird, but I just, uh, I don't, I don't want to do the taxi stuff. I don't think I would enjoy that. I don't know. Sometimes I wish I would have done it, but at the time when I got out, and I didn't pursue it enough to really, but I talked to my my command, one of my commanders had gotten out and then came back in and, and I'd asked him, he'd done that. And he's like, I wanted to keep flying. So he did the oil rigs off the Gulf and took, you know, taking guys to and from the, the drilling platforms. Right. And he said, it was just terrible. You didn't get paid. You know, you work two weeks on, one week off. You didn't get paid nothing. And you're flying something that's leaking oil and rattling bolts and he didn't know whether he was going to make it back or not. Okay. Which, <laughs> I wouldn't worry that, about that so much, but the whole, you know, you got to build time because to get a real helicopter job, you got to, at that time, I mean, 20 years ago, you had to have, oh, geez, probably, I talked to the LifeWatch guys, and they wanted 3,000 pilot and command hours. That's Holy insane. Crap. That is a lot. Because they had all the Vietnamite guys flying. You know, okay. they had those hours. But the new Army, or the modern Army does not let you fly that much. You get an advanced platform, it costs millions of dollars to keep that thing running and they just you don't get that kind of time you don't get to go out and burn holes in the sky and do whiffer dills just just to learn how to be a pilot you only go out to do missions so right and you're lucky if you have what about 800 to a thousand hours 
Yeah, yeah. I got out with 850 hours. There you go. And I went to Iraq, and I still didn't get that much time. Right. That that is interesting. Cool. I I, I had no idea. That's awesome. Um. Well, we appreciate you taking a minute to chat with us. We, uh, Kevin's got a handful of our knives and, um, and some other knives and obviously a lot of firearms and some interesting stuff there. So if you're in the Wichita area. Got some new knives coming in here. Yeah, and new stuff coming yeah, in with the new I, colors. And I appreciate you guys hooking up with her, you know, getting me started on that. Cause I, I, the knives is a new thing for me. So, and I, didn't, I don't really understand it, so I'm, I'm kind of learning as I go, but... Yeah, and we'll you guys are uh, definitely helping me out. Yeah, and anywhere, any way we can, you know, we're happy to come back down. We may uh, hit that part of the country again and roll on down into Oklahoma. But if we do that, we'll make sure we stop back by. Maybe we can, you know, hang out for a little while and see if uh, yeah, cool people want to come, you know, meet us and hang out with us at the store a little bit and do some kind of you know mini event thing or something. But if there's yeah, anything you need, on our, on you know, website, yeah. feel free to let us know, and we really appreciate you. And uh, appreciate yeah. your service. That was that was an interesting story. So that's yeah, cool. That's, that's awesome. a neat background. Well, thank you, gentlemen. All right, All Kevin. Right. Will you be safe? And if you need anything, you let us know. Will do. Hey, thank we'll talk much, to guys. you here soon, Kevin. Uh, yep. Maybe we yep. can get down and go shoot some swine together. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Maybe right. steal a helicopter or something. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> All right, you take care, brother. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I feel like we need to talk about something. Well, yeah, usually that's what we do. Like something specific or like you have something or you just feel like we should talk and pick a topic and talk about it? No, let's talk about what you just told me. About wordling? Yeah, it's kind of disturbing. Why? Okay. It's on. Why does wordle disturb you? I'm just, you don't strike me as a wordle person. I think it helps combat the dyslexia and just the general dumbassery which I have to deal with on a daily basis I feel like it keeps the mind sharp huh. or trying to anyhow yeah I mean I love puzzle games I like the puzzle games I I I guess I really don't explain wordle what is wordle would I like wordle so the the base form of it generally is a five letter word and you have six guesses to figure out what that five-letter word is. So you throw something in there, and it'll tell you if it's in the right spot, it's green. If the letter's in there but not in the right spot, it's yellow. Oh. And if it's not in there at all, red. it's gray. Gray. Huh. And then you just work through it. But not being able to spell. Right? I mean, I get, I get a lot of time out of one Wordle game as opposed to the average person. <laughs> When I was doing a little overnight at the tent doing some security work, it, uh, it you know, it didn't, it, only a few games took up quite a bit of time, so right. it's good for me. I like the Wordle. Huh. And today's well, word, or the one that I played, was Blade. How apropos. Relevant. Relevant. Very, I get it. Very relevant, so. Wordle. Wordle. Maybe I'll check that out. 
Yeah, maybe we can wordle. Maybe we'll be like a wordle team. Ooh, they have wordle teams. No, we'll start one. Because I'm all about competition. We'll flex up on some people. Wordle. Hell yeah. You heard it here first. Sniper Blade Works Wordle Team. Order up! So, Saturday, I worked a little bit. And hey, then, hold on, Timmy. Yeah. This is Chapel's conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Say hi, Carrie. Hello. <laughs> Continue. So worked a little bit on Saturday, got off early, and then our buddy down here, Moon, was in here having lunch, so I sat with him and had some lunch. And had a couple of cocktails and whatnot. But so, Moon and I were talking about old conquests and stuff like that. And I hear Hold on, hold on. Define conquest, Timmy. No. <laughs> you guys know what it is. Um, and so I hear in the background someone kind of just coughs, no big deal. This is this is a true story. Oh, okay. This happened Saturday. And then so I hear someone cough, and I see a shadow kind of behind me, and all of a sudden Moon turns around and he's like, holy fuck, are you choking, dude? And just starts beating the shit out of me. So I turn around, and this dude's like half puking, choking, hitting his back. So I grab him, give him the old Heimlich, but since I'm 6'5", and, you know, damn near 300 pounds, I'm pretty sure I fucked up his ribs. Like a big fucking hog leg came out of this dude's mouth, <laughs> and then just started puking all over me and my arms. So this dude's like, "Oh my god, you saved my life!" And you know, half hugged me. I walked to the bathroom, clean up. Tell him the best part. Where he offered to yeah, buy your beer. Yeah, he offered to buy me a single beer. One beer for saving his <laughs> one life. Beer. So his and life. Would you tell then, him? His life is worth one beer. Right. And Timmy was like, no, that's fine. He's like, but, you know, maybe you could help clean up this. Yeah. Dude. And the dude was like, no, I'm good. He just went back to eating. Yeah, that was the thing. What kind of beer was he drinking? He wasn't drinking any beer. He was eating a steak. I was uh, drinking a Bush Light with men. Oh, so, so he was going to buy you a Bush Light. Right, correct. A, a $3 Bush Light for saving his life. Oh, and I was like, no, nah, no, nah, dude, we're cool because, you know, I get a discount anyway. But uh, there's a fucking hog leg on the floor and puke everywhere. You want to do that? And... Dude just walked back over to his seat, kept eating, then left. <laughs> and Moon was cracking up the whole fucking time. <laughs> of course he was. <laughs> but uh, no, that was a little scary for a second. Yeah. And really gross. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound pleasant well, at it, all. The, the piece of meat was so big, it's like you're not even going to put that in your mouth and chew it. Like you need to cut that in like a fourth. <laughs> like it was giant. Was he a great big fat person? No, he's a little skinny dude. Was he a great big fat person? Oh, well, I hear those little skinny dudes like meat in their mouth. Well, he, he liked a lot of it. Like I said, I cranked on him. Like, if, I'm sure his lower ribs are just annihilated. Probably not the first time you cranked on a dude. Well, you were my first. Of course. Oh! <laughs> oh, Timmy got me good. Oh, my, my, my. Because it comes with some weird annotations. I fucking love it. You know why? Because it reminds me of what we talked about earlier. 
I'm a prepper, he's a prepper, she's a prepper. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to be a prepper too? Right. I love the Dr. Pepper song. I used to sing it at work some days at the end of the night. 23 original flavors. Yes. They're quite um, good. But no, I'm, I'm very big into being prepared. Not necessarily being a prepper because of the annotations that come with that. But I, I truly believe that you need to have a certain amount of food or other instruments of preparation on hand in case something happens. We live in a part of the United States that gets a lot of tornadoes. If we get a tornado that comes through here, you have to be prepared to be able to survive, to thrive for an extended period of time. Without power. Without power. Or possibly not access to clean water. Right. One of the first things that goes when things really uh, become pear-shaped. Yeah. The ability to Which, by the way, that's called boule. Pear-shaped is boule. Is boule. That's pear-shaped. Is that an acronym? No. Is boule like French for pear? It is absolutely French for pear. Boule. See, apparently the fucking word will span off. Apparently. Uh, all right, so you said you were working on some kind of contraption device. Yeah, I have... Building. What is it? I have, like, okay, so... I keep a lot of stuff in my vehicle, as well as I believe everybody should, in case, you know... Well, just as recently as a couple of years ago, we had the faux pas down in Atlanta where people broke down on the interstate because the snow happened, and they sat in their cars for two fucking days. That's unacceptable. You should not sit in your car for two days. You should have things in your car that you can put on your person and go home. Right. Um, so I'm working... Like, like a go bag or your get home bag. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm working on a thing. I've seen a lot of this. There's a lot of iterations out there on the YouTubes. I'm working on one that is a water bottle survival kit. Um, I've seen the concept. Right, it's a, it's a, you know, a concept. It's a, it's a 24-hour get home, get me home type thing. Um, you have a, a carrier. Um, the more popular carrier is the Condor water bottle carrier because um, it has the external pouch on it that you can put a little bit more stuff in. And then you have the water bottle compartment, which is insulated, which is not relevant in this, you know, scenario. Padded, though. Right, padded. So it'll make you have, your ship safe. Right, and then you have the steel cup that your uh, water bottle nests in, and then you have other stuff that you put in your water bottle. But the thing that I'm working on um, is like a strap to carry it, which is made out of cordage. And we all, well, you should know how important cordage is. And there's there's several different types of cordage out there. You have your just regular paracord, which is, you know, it has its place. But then you have, like, your survival cords or your Titan. Titan survival cord is a big one. Um, you and I both know, the regular listener may not know, that regular paracord has seven strands in it. And it's called 550 cord. It has 550 pounds of tensile strength. It'll hold 550 pounds. So the survival cord or Titan cord, not only does it have those seven strands of nylon in it, but it also has additional strands 
such as it has a fishing line, a waxed jute or like a candle wick line in it for fire starting, and a wire or something? Yeah, like a 30 gauge wire. Like a snare? Yeah. However, this may be another thing that people don't know. I don't recommend making snares out of wire unless it's a thicker gauge wire because the thinner gauge wire doesn't work very well as a snare. Because the thinner gauge wire, they get free and call the police? Yes. (laughs) Right. Well, the thinner gauge wire, it, it tends to bind up and won't cinch down. The thicker gauge, well, you know, there's a lot more uh, rigidity as, as, and then there's a lot more. Does it kink as much? And then it you... does not kink as much. Right. So, yeah. Right, what other kind of line is there, Tom? Uh, I believe that's. Oh well, the another popular line is bank line. Thank you. And uh, the tarred bank line, uh, you have different numbers that they go by you know 36 18 24 um what that does and what what the bank line is used for is more or less your ridge line for a uh, a shelter or something like that they, they, they fish use with a, bank line the bank line does a lot of stuff right and you can unravel it and fish with the uh the individual strands um but uh yeah I, it's I, I dig the concept of the survival water bottle. Um, it does not replace your get home bag. Your get you should have some sort of a bag just to be prepared for a contingency in your car at all times. I believe that people that don't have those, I just I don't know. No, I I agree with you. And since I was good back in the SWAT days. Well, it probably wasn't as organized as well as it should have been, but it was all there. And since then, not so much. There's an old adage that it's like, if you can't lay your hands on it in five minutes, you don't really own it. Right. And at the moment, I'm not sure I own crap. <laughs> it is It is in multiple places between the house and the shop and the storage or whatnot, and I really need to to break down some of that and get it organized. I'm sure Mrs. Sniper would be happy to have it organized and out of the house. We did uh, work through some ammo and a few other things the other day. Well, another thing, especially for you and I and people that are like-minded as you and I, we shoot a lot. You should absolutely have some sort of a medical contingency bag. You should have that anyways. Right, you should, but especially for you and I, you know, we go to the range with somebody that doesn't know what they're doing and they shoot themselves in the leg. We need to have well, or, yeah, means I mean, to stop the bleeding. Accidents happen, too, regardless. Right. That one's important. But I think, too, I mean, the now that these kits, um, more like trauma kits, not necessarily a first aid kit. It's not for boo-boos. You know, it's for right. bad stuff. But um, you're hearing a lot of life-saving stories of people with tourniquets or people with chest seals. And, um, you know, so that's actually something you want in the car. You want to be able to get to, like, on the back of the headrest, right? Right. On the visor. You might want to have more than one because you might need more. You know, you may have more than one bleed or there may be a couple people that are injured. Or you just can't reach the one because the car is a mangled mess. Right. And I uh, carry, you know, I think I carry at least two tourniquets and... You know, if they can't get you out of the vehicle, you, you know, you may have to be your first responder until they can actually get you out. Right. 
So, yeah, that is that is something to think about. It's, so, our boy Joe, that won the Dashy, is actually a trained medical um, first responder type guy that does, you know, he does the training with, you know, the trauma first response type stuff with the tourniquets and, hey, this guy's bleeding out, he's got a chest wound, we need to put this on him. So, uh, he'd be a good one to talk about that. He knows his shit. Yeah, we could do a little a little first aid thing. Mark put a tourniquet on somebody the other day. Really, did he? Yeah, I can't remember if they were shot or cut, but he was kind of freaking out some more, and it's like, it seems like a good idea for a tourniquet, so... He slapped it on him, and the guy's like, okay. And he's like, it's going to hurt. It does hurt. Uh, but you ain't going to lose your limb. So I thought that was kind of a neat story of him actually getting to use that. Have you come across any type of medical emergency where you needed to, you know, think about what you're doing and, hey, I got to fix this person. They're going to leak out or... Anything like that? The worst thing I ever saw, this could lead into story time, a dude in a smaller vehicle, so smaller sedan, some kind of import type of thing, crashed into a school bus head-on. And it took the A-pillar of the car, which is where the windshield and the driver's side window meet, if you don't know what the A-pillar is, it detached it from the roof and it drove it into his mouth. And his head was kind of hooked on it sideways and he was kind of making like guppy fish noises. And I'm like, holy shit, this guy's going to die. I didn't say that to him. I was like, dude, you're doing all right. Hang in there. You know, but I wasn't sure what to do. You know, I mean, they talk, don't move him. And I, right. Shit, I didn't know. Um, and fortunately, you could hear the ambulance and fire truck coming. You know, so I was just like, dude, they're almost here. Just hang in there. And they unhooked his face from the thing. Yeah. It wasn't that bad, but it was kind of gross. And I don't know what happened to him. I I mean, he may have been all right. I mean, I'm sure he lost all of his teeth. It was, but he he looked jacked up. Um, You know, may also have been in shock. Right. So, but that was probably the worst that I had seen. Um, just rolling up on I didn't I didn't deal with just tons of accidents or they were like fatalities so there wasn't there wasn't yeah, wasn't nothing to, to do, do at that point um, but no I, I think you hear more and more stories because a lot of these people that build these medical kits they'll actually have folks uh, chime back in especially now with social media being right, what right. it is and you know they'll tell you how many lives like the bare independent people yes um, that do I can't think of the name of their first date thing off the top of my head um and then the guys that were just on with Rainier Arms um have a company that do that you know and they'll tell you how many lives they've saved to date that they know of right and we have uh uh our boy John down in Tennessee SOE John Willis uh uh, a guy that's real close friends with him has a outstanding YouTube channel does a lot of reviews and stuff Skinny Medic on YouTube okay yeah he has a lot of reviews and he does his own medical kits um 
and they're fantastic. I mean, any contingency that you think could think of, he's probably got a kit that takes care of it. So, yeah. Yeah, Willis is worth a listen to also, if you oh, don't yeah. know. Uh, dude, that guy is a, just a complete hoot. We love John. We love John. Yeah, I love him, man. I'm scared of him at the same time, but <laughs> I feel that way about a lot of our friends. Welter. I have an ice cold Diet Coke in the freezer that I'm hoping is going to hit that slushy phase, but it triggered a memory. Do you remember the Dr. Pepper Ices that we used to get, Todd? Oh my God, those were fantastic. Yes, and I don't know if they make a diet version now, so it probably wouldn't it wouldn't do it for me. But that was Quimby got me on those. Oh, Josh Quimby. Quimby also started me eating quesadillas too. I didn't really know much about it just didn't do it until I got on that I was like holy shit I'm gonna eat these forever they're awesome right where is your favorite quesadilla made one of your favorite quesadillas made Rancho yes I think they cook it in butter they do my uh, significant other and I ate at Rancho yesterday she got a quesadilla it was good she'd never ate there before I said you just Struck gold. Loved it. She loved it. Like, one of my favorite things to get at Rancho is the tamales. They have fantastic tamales as well. Well, and it was it was an option. When we were on the road, <laughs> one of the, like, on midnights, there was nothing open, and then there was IHOP. Right. And I ate so much IHOP. I've, I've really only eaten IHOP maybe four or five times in the last... 12 years probably not even that much probably That's three probably more than me uh, yeah. I've ate one time I mean that was it that or you know go to Quick Trip and get a bag of jerky some M&M's some RC Cola some pretzels that was well and I too. when I was on the midnight shift I lived on uh, Quick Trip hot dogs wow yeah oh yeah I'm not a big hot dog fan eh well I'm poor Italian sausage yes hot dog not so much the Dr. Pepper slushies, ices, whatever you want to call them, though, man, they were just, they hit, they slapped, as the kids like would say today. Is that a term? It is. They slap. I, I have not heard that. We're old, Lance. I think I was old a while ago. I was old <laughs> as a child. I was like an eight-year-old right-winger, right? Like begging my parents to send me to military school. I just, Ooh. I've always been an odd so child. let's bring this around as a child. Let's talk about the family vacation. Remember the family vacation that you like to share? You met a uh, oh I don't know. Dare I say world famous knife maker? Oh, for the Alamana thing? Yeah, yeah. I guess we haven't really told that here, but when we were kids, we knew Almar. Dad used to buy knives from him. And um, 
one summer we were on vacation out west, and, and previously we had at, met Almar in, in person at the Guild Show, which used to be held, held here in Kansas City. I missed the Guild Show. And um, he said, you know, if you're ever out in the Portland area, come by. So we're in Yellowstone or somewhere, and my dad tells my mother, he's like, we should go visit your Uncle Bob. We haven't seen him in a long time. I think that would be be nice. And my mother was just so happy and impressed. She's like, well, Gary, that's so nice. All right, we'll call him and we'll see. So we shoot out to Portland and meet with Uncle Bob. And we're not there about 20 minutes. And Dad's on the phone with Al Bar. And he's like, Ralph, Nancy, we're, we're heading somewhere. Get in the car. <laughs> and off to Al Bar's we went. And we spent the entire afternoon with him. It just couldn't have been nicer. He... uh showed us a bunch of different knife things and things he had done because I guess he and the Kershaw guy both worked at Gerber I believe I know Al did anyhow right I believe I'm remembering that correctly I think think you're talking about Ken I think Ken did too as well I don't know maybe Uh, and I got a mini knife fighting lesson and a kendo lesson and he introduced us to Scrimshaw and he had the blades that go on fighting chickens Oh, yeah, the Spurs. And I got an interesting story about that. And um, he talked about that we had, he had some bows on the wall, and he had a, a wild boar mounted. And Dad was like, that's really cool. He's like, did you, uh, did you get that boar with your bow? And he said, what business am I in? <laughs> he killed him with a knife. Right. And Dad was like, is that, is that scary? And he said, not really. He said, but he said, what's really interesting is He's like, once in a while when you go in there and they, the dogs have a bait and you get ready to move in, he's like, occasionally you'll step into the middle of a rattlesnake. That's happened to me. And I was like, what did you do? And he had one of those desk drawers that's like flat that you write on it. He opened up that drawer and there were three rattlesnake skins laid out there where he would slipped in and killed them first. And, uh, and then moved in to put it on the hog. Yeah. yeah, that was it was a really nice time and he was he was good to us for years and years and I yeah. think that may have cemented some of the knife stuff. Yeah, Elmar's well well missed in the uh, knife community. You still have an Almar knife or two, do you not? I have, yeah, I have the Fang or the smaller one, I believe. Right. And that's got That's scrimshot. He had that scrimshot right. for me for Christmas. Um and it had some weird, I, I'd drawn some little commando picture. Right. And they sent it to him, and then they had it translated, like, with real artwork onto that knife. Um, Don't you have, like, a little, like, I thought I remember you having, like, a little, like, uh, oh, I've got a, like a chubby little thing. There's a little guy that cuts cigars, and I've got a Bulldog 2. There was a Bulldog 1 and a Bulldog 2. I've got the right. Bulldog that has the Micarta. Yeah. Got a couple eagles now that I think about it. Um, the seer, that great big some bitch. That's someone that everybody loves. That seer. We can let it out. Did I tell you I drew a version of the seer for us? Yeah. Oh Did yeah. You see it? Absolutely. It's, it's good. I yeah. think I actually think it is good. Yeah. Um, and we should work on that next. I think. Um, yeah, and a handful others. So. Yeah, the Almar thing was just really fun, and he was interesting. He was a Green Beret, by the way, for those that don't know. Right, Almar uh, was a bad very, motherfucker, in other words. Very interesting career. Yes. Yes. <laughs>
Mrs. Sniper's special ringtone. Hello, darling. Hi, honey. What are you doing? Did you call me? Yeah. Well, I wanted you to call me. How are you? Good. How are you? It makes me feel loved when you call me once in a while. Okay. So I don't feel like I'm having to chase you all the time. I know. What are you doing? Everybody feels that way about me. I know. I'm just working. And how is it? Too much going on. Yeah. Have you had I'm any... I'm Anna. I'm sorry. Have you uh, had any thoughts on dinner? Just drinking. Just going to drink your dinner? We're going to have a liquid dinner? It is 7.30, and we want everyone to know that Mrs. Sniper is still putting in the hours down at the shop. Yes. Hi, Tara. And I'm ready for some drinks. Okay. Todd's already started. Todd's into the wild turkey. Oh, he is. Yes. Well, do you have anything interesting you want to tell us? Uh, no, am I on? What? Yeah, you're on. Because it's top secret. Yes. All right. Got some crazy people out there. At least we didn't have anybody pooping in a five-gallon bucket today. Hmm. I guess that happened at one of the stores. Fun. Yeah. We're like, hey, could you take the bucket with you? <laughs> like, we'll throw the bucket in for free if you'll take it. Get out of our store. All right. Well, we're wrapping up here. We just wanted to have a Mrs. Sniper segment. Thank you. Yeah, That's thank wonderful. you for giving the people what they want. Okay, have a good night. All right, think about dinner. We'll call you later. Love you. All right, love you. Bye. Bye. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. It smells like victory. As I glance at your wrist, I've seen you've left me hanging again on the watch segment. So I'll just I'll just drive it for the moment. Okay, drive. You know why I don't wear a watch down here. Well, I have a few suspicions. Um, I'm not sure that the same reasons would you would tell me why you don't wear a watch, Todd. But I don't want to grind it off my wrist. Well, take it off. You got to run around the rest of the day looking like some no watch wearing dipshit. We're watch people. It's important. All right, so I will wear the watch. Next time I come down, I promise I will have the watch on. Or someone. I don't care, anyone. I wear it everywhere I'll be honest else. with you. At this point, I'd take a fucking smartwatch, Todd, as long as you had something on. I would make fun of you, but it's better than... Actually, I have to think about that. Maybe no, maybe no watch is better than a smartwatch. Lance, rest assured. How about we, I will how about never this? wear 
a smart watch. Let's sleeve that arm out, the left arm, Todd. Could you just tattoo a watch on there, maybe? <laughs> hey, That'd my boy Jeff, nice. my boy Jeff that does my tattoos, I'll have him think about that. What do you think? I'd be happier. At least there would be something there, not this horrible blank spot. All right. Um, so, obviously, people that are listening, the tens of you, we're talking about watches. Lance, what are you wearing? I thought you'd never ask. I am wearing the Seiko King Turtle Diver on the Ooh. on the bracelet. Not just the turtle, it's the King Turtle. It is a King Turtle. I'm not sure why they call it that, but it sounds very regal. It sounds nicer. And uh, it's, it's actually pretty awesome. So it's got that turtle shape. So it hits, it ticks a few boxes for me, right? It's the same shape is uh, the Martin Sheen watch from Apocalypse Now, right? It's the same shape, give or take, as the Ed Harris Seiko from the Abyss, which I've always wanted one of those. But the bezel on it, I feel like, covers up a bit of the space so it doesn't, doesn't look too odd because it's not as round as most watches are. So I think it's, they, they executed it really well. And the dial on these is cool. I'm not real big on dial weird shit on the dial right but in some of the watch research i've done the dude that's on shark tank kevin leary o'leary yeah 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 he's a big watch guy yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know who he was other than he said he was on shark tank because I, I haven't really watched that uh, he's but got a lot of money so he does some watch shows with some other people and he's big on dials and the dial on this thing has a grid pattern. It almost looks like a pineapple grenade. So okay, I think yeah, the yeah. green ones they call a grenade. Yeah. Um, but that it shares a, the, either the same dial or a similar dial from a Grand Seiko diver, which is hot. Yeah. Um, so I'm really, I'm really happy with it. I haven't had a watch on a bracelet for a minute, and I like the bracelet on this. The uh, it's kind of got that three link pattern that's similar to. Uh, like the Rolex Oyster, but there's an extra little element in there where they polished it differently that gives it a little something that I like. Uh, right. Makes it look just a touch dressier, but still, still sports watch ish. Ish. Oh. Uh oh. Mrs. Sniper's texting us again. The second appearance, the Godzilla ringtone. <laughs> So, anyways, quite pleased with this. Um, and next week, I'm gonna do a little more research, but we're gonna talk. We're gonna get. We're gonna do a full watch segment. Oh yeah. We're gonna talk Grand Seiko okay. and the differences. We're gonna talk about Bertucci and um, Benris. Benris, the it's another field watch. Right. But they've been making them for the military for years. Yes, and I'm a huge fan of the field watch style. Love those. Yeah, I think they're I think they're kind of cool too because they we'll get into it more, but they look a little bit I mean the pattern looks a little bit dress watchish. Right. Of the round. Um but you know, the materials are different, which then makes it more utilitarian or um it's not quite so dolled up. Right. One of my favorite watches that I had in the past um, was the Luminox, the field watch that Luminox makes. Um, that watch was liberated by... A pirate hooker? Yes, the pirate hooker. 
We'll call her Satan. You know, next week's story time, we'll talk about how the pirate hooker did save your life, though. She did save my life. I, I mean, I guess I have to give her that. Plus, that would have been creepy had you died on my couch. Yeah. I mean, it probably would have been on the floor, but regardless, I'd have died in that house. Yes. That'll be an excellent story time for next week. I actually, I'm, I'm impressed that you actually came to the hospital to visit me. Don't give it all away. <laughs> all right, Mrs. Sniper apparently wants my attention for something. She's uh, five foot two of just terror. I'm fearless, but she scares the living shit out of me. Thank you for calling me nice, Mr. Bill. I was looking at your website, and I didn't know, do you guys have uh, crabs? Yes, we got some more, yeah, we got have you Both seen? Colors. Have you seen a doctor about that, Bill? Oh my God! <laughs> oh, hey, it's it's Lance Abernathy from Sniper Blade Works. How you doing, brother? Oh, I'm hanging in there. How you doing? Oh, good. We were uh, we were seeing what you guys were up to. We're doing our little podcast thing. It's not live, by the way. So if you say anything off color, we can take it out. But we thought we'd just jack with you guys. What's Mikey doing today? Oh, uh, he's at the factory. Okay, how's he holding up? He's doing pretty good. Oh, good, good. And how is uh, Eatonville? How's your weather there? Um, it's, It rained the last couple of days, but uh, it's not going to be raining for a few days now. And it's halfway decent, and things are picking up after the COVID baloney. Right, yeah, it is just brutally hot and humid here. We're hiding in the grind room at the moment because it's the, it's the coolest spot in the shop. So. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, we'll let you get back to it. We just thought we'd check in for a minute. We hope you're doing well. All right, yes. I hope you're doing well, too. Thank you. All right, be safe, buddy. You, too. Bye. The story you are about to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. So we've reached that point in the podcast. Everyone okay. loves it. We do not. We kind of hate it. I don't know. Sometimes they're fun. We're going to go with some story time stuff, Lance. All right. I'm ready. All right. So, we talked earlier in the prepper segment, the medical segment, about stuff that we have rolled up on that was not quite uh, nice, I guess. You know, like gruesome to deal with? Gruesome. That's a good word, gruesome. You talked about how you rolled up on, you know, the guy that had the A-pillar stuck in his mouth. I don't think that... That was pretty screwed up. I don't don't think that worked out too well for him. Um, So we'll talk about car wrecks. Um, I was the traffic car for the Sheriff's Department for about a year. Just shy of a year. About 11 months. So, with being the traffic car, you get to work all of the accidents. Um, While you're on duty, you work all of the accidents. Um, There was an accident. This was down Riverside before they did all the renovations to 635 going across there. 
they had the the um, bridges. Remember those old concrete bridges? And they had the. I'm nodding my head. Yes. Yes. The the uh, I don't know what you would call them. Whatever that stuck up above the highway. Jersey barriers. It was it kind of like a Jersey barrier, I guess. Um, for lack of better word. What were they made of? Concrete. Okay. But it wasn't a, exactly a Jersey barrier. It was part of the bridge. It wasn't abutment, but it was above the abutment. Gotcha. Um, so we had a, uh, had a call. I was a traffic car on, um, on 635. And of course, you know, we being the county that we were, and you can ask any Troop A highway patrolman, they loved working in Troop A because Platte County uh, deputies would work any accident, including accidents on the interstate, if they weren't close. They loved it. So we had the accident on 635. Um, Riverside got the call. Of course, Missouri State Highway Patrol got the call. I heard the call go out. I was very close. So I, you know, take my ass on down there. Guy had entered the median, slid through the median, and hit that concrete structure structure trying to describe to us yes and like sideways on the passenger side however he was going so fast so fast uh okay let me back up a little bit so i get there riverside's already there they're starting to like for those of you that don't know, the Riverside is a Department of Public Safety, so they not only have law enforcement elements, they have fire and EMS elements as well. Riverside was already there. They're starting to work on this guy. They're getting out, getting ready to start to work on this guy. I roll up. I come up to the driver's side of the vehicle. I see the guy that has been... The, you know, he hit so hard that his whole entire body was moved to the passenger side of the vehicle. And his brain was laying on his shoulder. Well, that's a cheery little story, Todd. Um, Thank you for sharing that with us. And again, you have Riverside DPS out there. They're getting ready to work on this guy. You know, begin life-saving measures. I'm like, guys. Like, did the whole thing come out like a, like a, like a hard-boiled egg yolk, or was it like all splattered? No, it was kind of splattered. It, but it was very apparent. You know, by the large hole in the, you know, right side of his brain or his head, that he wasn't going to make it. And how did the driver fare? Not to sound like a ghoul, but since I'm in this story now. Well, um, that was the driver. There was only one guy. Oh, okay. He hit so hard that he moved his entire body to the passenger side. Oh, passenger side. And hit that passenger side so hard that it caused so much trauma to his body that his brain exited his cranial cavity. What kind of vehicle cavity. was he driving? It was some sort of a... a Sedan, but it was a souped-up sedan. It was it was fast. Um, I remember it may have been one of those uh, what was the Monte Carlo uh, SS. Yeah, what were those called? They were very very fast. I was kind of sad that the car got crunched actually, 
Um, as you would guess, there was also a lot of alcohol that we found in the car. Um, his speeds were estimated to be over 120 miles an hour, by the way. Makes you think about when you would drive that fast for other things. And, uh, you know, it works out. But, yeah, you start getting up to those speeds, cars come apart, bad things happen. Right. So any kids listening, don't drive like a-holes. Right. Stop. Just don't do it. Um, so, yeah, that was a gruesome one. I think if we tell a few more of those, we won't have to do story time anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, you do maybe. say you do say that my story times always involve always involve someone dying. Just think of the sickest crap that happened on there. We'll just yeah, it's kind of a downer, and then we'll just end on that story time. People died. Thanks for tuning in. Well, I mean that that story time is that. I mean, it's bad. It's probably not the worst I could come up with. We do have the guy down on Crooked Road that tried to take his head off, you know, his roommate's head off with a box knife. That guy lived, though. Amazingly enough, he did live. And the interview portion of that was fantastic. Oh, my... I still have the report for that. That was great. That that could be... Now, that would be a good story time. We'll save that one in the whole court process and the interview <laughs> process. Yes, we got called in front of a grand jury for that, didn't we? Pretty sure we did. With the grand jury, but it, why you may have gone to the grand jury. I had to show up for court. Oh, yeah, it was actually in the courtroom. I did not have to go to court. I think we had to go to a grand I know at least I went to a grand jury for that, and I explained what had happened. And they're like, Maybe it's because you went inside because I did not. You're like, yeah, you're not yeah. gonna like this one, Lance. I'm like, okay, cool. yeah, yeah, I, yeah, that was bad. I'll run the clipboard of who comes into the crime scene. <laughs> I'm good for a minute. It was bad. That's that was one of the, and I was a crime scene investigator for seven years. That was probably one of the bloodiest crime scenes that I had ever investigated. Yeah, that was bad. All right. Happy story time. Thank you, Todd. All right, Todd, I see that uh, you've about gone through your four fingers of wild turkey. I've exhausted my cigar stash. That about wraps it up. We'd like to thank Kevin from Riker Arms for chatting with us. Mrs. Sniper for making a guest appearance and Bill out of V-Knives in Washington. Oh, Bill. We'd like to thank you all for joining us here in the Tactical Big Top and we'll talk with you again next week. Be safe. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Tactical Big Top with Lance, Jag and The Sideshow. Please like, subscribe and let us know what you'd like to hear more of. You can also find us on IG, YouTube and the Facebook.